put the theme song behind me. Okay, that's yes. what I'll do. Champion, yes. champion, yes. champion. Yes. You know, you know, that was a very strange dance, but okay. <laughs> that works 100%. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. Alright guys, hi, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. Today we are here in studio with Azilla Clark, a social worker. She says she wants me to introduce her as a social worker. Um, because, yeah, the title is way too long in it. And it's multiple hats. It's multiple hats, that's why. Azilla, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Now today we're going to be talking about, um, well, we're going to touch on corporal punishment, but that's, I think that's going to be the minimum of what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the psychology of being a member of our wonderful society. We're going to touch on uh, being in school, being in high school. Oh my God, this is a really loaded episode. Um, but we're going to do it, and Azilla is going to be here with us. But before we do all of that, we have to do one thing before we have to play a little game. Uh, fact of fiction, and this one is going to be based on children. We're going to have some facts about children. Okay. Azilla, why you look so frightened? You can't look so frightened. I don't know. I have t- test anxiety. It, it's, I, some people are coming in and it's like, oh, I have anxiety. I get anxiety. I'm doing test. It's like, it's not really a test. There's no, there's absolutely no circumstances here. That is one of the residual psychological effects of asking any, prepare, preparing us to answer any question. We naturally get into test anxiety. That's good. That's not good. No. They've ruined people, us. People don't perform well on nope. the... Okay. Just, we're going to just... You're going to learn some stuff together. Yes. Right? So it's not a test, all right? Okay. It's not even a game. We waste all manifestations of, of um, accountability. All right? Okay. Let's just go. All right. So, again, we're going to give her five statements, and she's going to say if it's true or false. Okay. Simple enough? Simple enough. There we go. Okay, let's go. So number one, babies and children can laugh up to 300 times a day. True or false? Babies and children can laugh up to 300 times a day. True well, or since false? Since that is the most beautiful time, I would have to say true. It's absolutely 100% true. Yeah. Adults typically laugh at most about 20 times a day. We mm. suck. <laughs> when are we lost? Society has condensed your ability to just... To just yep. laugh. Yep. Oh my God, it's the bills. It's the bills. That's what it is. Okay, number two. Studies show most babies understand a basic concept of right and wrong at three months old. Studies show most babies understand a basic concept of right and wrong at three years old. True or false? Um, No, the construct of that question gives me great concern. Right or wrong, there's a social construct, so I would have to say no. Absolutely not. It's absolutely wrong, so you're right again. (laughs) The idea of right and wrong are two concepts that a child does not understand especially when under the age of one, punishing a young one who doesn't understand these concepts is pointless. Correct. Number three, you're batting 100 right now. Don't jinx me, don't jinx me. Okay, it's not jinx. A child's brain has... has, (laughs) You're making me laugh. (laughs) Number three, a child's brain has its most dramatic growth period from birth until the age of five. A child's brain has its most dramatic Mm. growth period from birth until the age of five. True or false? 
Well, on the one hand, it develops much more of its interconnectedness during those years, but I don't know if that's considered as its most, but I will say yes. It's absolutely true. Yes. Kids what? learn. You have already won the game, by the way. If it was a game, you've already won. Okay. You're so brilliant. Kids learn from observation and instruction, which sharpens their cognitive mm-hmm. abilities. A child's brain really is like a sponge, soaking mm-hmm. up as much as info, as much info as possible. Yeah, you're batting 100. <laughs> Number four, 90% of children are born right-handed. True or false? 90% of children are born right-handed. Yes. It's absolutely true. Once yes. again, it's four to five. Yeah. All right, let's move yeah. on. Number five. <laughs> Babies' brains grow 1% each day for the first three months after birth. True or false? Babies' brains grow by 1% each day for the first three months after birth. True or false? Then tell me why it is for the rest of it. Um, but I guess this is just coming out, man. I'll have to say true. You're the first person to get five out of five. What, what the heck? Yes, it's absolutely true. <laughs> In other words, the brains of newborns grow from about 33% of the average adult brain size to 55% in mm-hmm. the first three months. I know I should have a prize. I'm supposed to give you a have prize. Like, you should have like a wall. Uh, like a plaque. Yes. Like yes. Because <laughs> you asked me child development stuff and do it. I'm a real nerd for those kind of things. So it's to me reason out everything like Yes, you did. It's just come out of the womb. It will do, but I'm not sure if that's more than next time, but I'll have to go with it. See? I can't stop bringing <laughs> such brilliant people on the show. <laughs> Five on five? What the heck? I mean, it wasn't even a challenge. <laughs> next time, you're, next time, next time, you're gonna come back here. I'm yeah. telling you, you're gonna come back here. I'm gonna have to do some questions that have nothing to do with child development or anything. Correct. My God, I am, I am actually impressed. All right, Azilla, I have a crazy question. If you had to interview just one person, like say you had to interview someone, who would it be and what would you talk to them about? There's one person locally I would love to have a conversation with, and that is our national hero, Kennedy Alphonse Simmons. Because mm. I would like to know when, because I can't have the conversation with Bratcher who drafted it all, but okay. he finished it. Mm-hmm. When the f- flag first rose in Warner Park to signal the independence of the king, and you recited the motto, Contr- what did you see in petitions that made you think we could ever think of anything beyond ourselves? Because I need to understand the generations that I've studied as the quintessential nerd mm-hmm. has to be across the um, I'm close to be 40, the 40 years that I've been alive mm-hmm. and a little bit from history of my parents. Mm-hmm. But I don't go that far back to understand yeah. So I need to understand what did what, you, ex- what did you see, see in a kitchen? Uh-huh. Is it that because we were fighting an external power mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you saw much more Strength. unity and togetherness yeah. and yeah. that kind we of thing? We had a common goal. Correct. We had a common enemy and we had a common goal to accomplish and then that. Because I don't see it today. Mm. No, again, I study this and um my quiet time. In your quiet time? <laughs> this is very because, turbulent for quiet thought. No, it's like, uh-huh. same thing. I, a lot of people question, uh, because of the ministry I work in, Azela, how do you account for the societal and familial changes that have been occurring in St. Kitts and Nevis? Mm. 
you don't have the synergies amongst intergenerational families, Mm-mm. right? Mm-hmm. They neither live together no. nor do they commune together. Considering that, the, f- the furthest thought is, did one day all the people over 60 just jump in a boat and die? Why we cannot, why we do not have a consistent transfer of the values of a ketishan. I tell people, uh, uh, when I became an adult, Especially after I realized that all adulting is is paying bills, and that was it the most really, depressing. really is that that was the most depressing realization. You're saying I adulting, you're really saying, um, well, you're slave to these Correct. these few things. But the one glimmer of hope in it was, you know what? I'm gonna be older than children, and I'm gonna get all the good morning, the good afternoon, and the good really, evening. that's what you look forward I to. Look forward you to did. it. I did, and then I <laughs> and and then I walked around, and I'm like. No, nope. y'all don't say nothing. Nothing at all. Like y'all pitching me off the sidewalk. Y'all don't even excuse me. There's I'm like, none of that. How did we miss to say to have children raised to know? And then when you get in conversations with, with the the younger generation, somebody told them that respect is earned. I said no, not in our value system. Mm-mm. When you see an older person and you can distinctly tell they're older, respect is given. Mm-hmm. Their response to you is not indicative of you. You say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Quarter of the way out of obligation, mm-hmm. quarter of the way out of your responsibility. Mm-hmm. All right? Whatever you get back from it is not. You just saying it is enough for you. Mm-hmm. All right? That's but your no, responsibility. We yeah, we didn't teach that. So some, if you don't say that to you, don't say that to her. I'm like, what? Do you know many times I have to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening? And I know the difference. We still do as it. Soon, and if the sun, when the sun sets, is night. Night time. Yeah. Anything before that, between it's five ish when gone, is good evening. afternoon. Yeah. Good evening. Good night. Good <gasps> morning. And this is such a simple thing. It's such you, a simple thing. You would see a bunch of children walking along the street, and they are completely unconcerned. Yeah. Because some. I don't uh, the, understand why. May, may it, 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 it has to be the influence, and it's one of our greatest regrets that we did not do a good enough job packaging our local history and using every medium to transmit it. So young people turn to the television to gain it. I actually learned a quote, and there's a quote, but I understand that Bratcher said it, that the introduction of cable TV in St. Kitts could undermine the fabric of who we are. Oh, now, he was pretty totalitarian, and a lot of people said, oh, he was yeah, so dictatorial. But there's well, a, there, a lot of people when you, when you are When you are growing into adulthood, you need that you need that firm Basin. hand that then lets, okay, I'm going to let go the sum this year, then the index, because if you throw at the whole hand without the development of the, of the, of the form, you can't you, expect you're the gonna, continuation of, of, of your culture. So I can understand him saying, no, but we need to teach them who they are so when they interact with other cultures and experiences, they can distinctly stand in their own. This is profound. In fact, it's so profound that the, very, the, the, the only thing that comes to mind is the fact that when a child is one and two, we already put them in front of the television set. There is literally, your input is after this one. The training, and the thing is, it's not the, the TV ain't even trying to train them. There's no value system here. But you see, if, but that's only a medium. It is a medium. Because we know that it is used as an effective babysitting tool. Why is it that we don't put our local content forward to be able to do so. Because nobody sees, and, and I, I've had this conversation even with one of my clients, a man of fun, fun conversation, very, very light, 
Enjoy. I said, why don't you guys um like why don't you guys sponsor certain things like programming? They're like, um, but who is going to want to watch it? Literally, who is going to want to watch programming that's made in Saint Kitts? Who will want to watch it? Who? What's the target market? How are we gonna get our money back from sponsorship? It's like if we make a child program, a children's program, how is it going to be even on the same level as Peppa Pig? Peppa Pig, how? How are we going to make that money? So it's like the underlying value system that you're talking about. Yes, it's a responsibility, but people are not going to see the returns in it um, but monetarily. What, but are they doing the adequate market research? Because you, and I'm not a marketing person, but to me, how you do that is you simply... If you target one major school, mm-hmm. Dr. William Connor, Tucker Clark, Dean Glass, and what is with massive children, mm-hmm. and you introduce them to that and show them where to access it, because one of the things also is that children choose their programming, which yes, is mm-hmm. another anomaly. You have to watch whatever your parents put you in front of. You have to but watch whatever on yeah. cable. <laughs> no, kids choose their programming. They're literally gone, yeah. And so. And that's where a lot of that is where Americans use a lot of their marketing because they market to the child, of course. get the child hooked, and then it extends to, to the, the parents because yeah. no parent would ever want to tell the child yeah, turn man. the TV and they get a tanto, temper tantrum and their life no, destroyed. No, what's the Correct, yeah, exactly. and their life is absolutely destroyed. It's just Half of the people nine. that got got caught on um short do 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 to do, and because they had to, it's because if they did not pay that song in the car. The, the child, child would have would a complete meltdown. meltdown yeah. And it was like, okay, well, I get it, get it with the program. So to me, it would be a matter of that. And How do we... But, so you're saying introduce it locally in terms of almost all one-to-one. Hey, yeah. look, we're going to Dr. William Connor yeah. to promote this thing. Right. And you, you see, get the children hooked on it. The, the, I do agree. I think sponsorship... I think sponsorship may be a challenge because I even see, I even see that, you know, in... A lot of the discussion coming out after the entire music festival celebration weekend had to do with, I, I mean, and, and I was shocked by it because I always told persons when I went to the United States, it's like, liquor, please. I mean, people have such respect for liquor because you've been eating it in your cake since you've been, since... Please, yeah, before your teeth. Man, yeah, you man. want to put a little bit a of black it. Black king, yeah. Right, yeah, so you always scotch. have a respect for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you... Is it respect? Is that the word? Well, the fear, maybe. I don't respect for it. I said that one. Um, but to, but it's, it's being withered down now because, again, nobody's actually... I don't know, and I probably have to take a social survey on that. I, at least in my family, nobody told us how to drink. How to drink? Yes. What, what, how, how to drink I've how to heard. read a label uh. what proofing means um, that you um, how to pay attention to a person mixing your drink nobody tells us that no they just hand it to you and they tell you right consume. and so the first time I experienced it was the first year that um, Red Devils was a juve troupe mm-hmm. the levels of um, adolescent Alcohol poisoning went up at the hospital and it frustrated all of the persons on duty because, again, you've, it, it almost became a no-brainer. How do you know when you get... How do you know the stages of being drunk? Nice, mm-hmm. tipsy, gone. How do you tell that? To Americans' benefit, they 
they have that conversation with their children because by 21, they're also driving. Mm, so there's course. additional mm-hmm. life-threatening risk. Of course, of course. Because we have it since you're small. Nobody ain't telling you like, okay, here's your... You should get drunk in a comfortable environment mm-hmm. so you can understand how far you go in stages. Mm-hmm. A family event, you're good, you're safe. Correct, you know? Yeah, Those yeah. should be rites of passage things. So mm-hmm. fathers should be taking out their sons and be like, your first beer is with me. Because I want you to know what happens. I want you to know when you're feeling it, you could pause and eat. Mm-hmm. You drink you could, water, yeah. you supplement with this, and then you go. You don't ever mix spirits with liquors with this and that in one night. Mm-hmm. You're just going to go. And how do you feel when you go that? Take a rest, come back up. So who do you choose to be around you when you're like this? So again, we don't have these kind of conversations. I think, isn't it, isn't it like more, more so a set of, fashion rules to once you're inside a jam or you're inside a certain environment drinking is the culture of that environment like for example if, if i'm gonna go to i don't know inception or something or some fet right and they have free booze the culture is that i'm supposed to drink, drink as much yes you're supposed to drink yeah, until the bar. bar is bust the bar and mm. everybody communicates everybody communicates with that same energy it's like we're going to the bar we're going to drink as much as possible and people even i i, I don't even know if people understand uh, like the last you could lose memory on your entire experience you literally pay three four hundred dollars to go into this specific place and you drink so much you can't remember anything right. about what happens i don't know the, the videos, I guess, yeah. videos is the memory. I have to, well, I'll have to, I have to do some. It's a lot of breaking I, 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 I observed the, the Red Devils experience because there was also no community around the, the adolescents. They were literally littered along the parade route oh, from no. start to finish. I, ne- I never knew that who you went to an event with, they left you. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And so those are the kind of things. So maybe at inception, your friend you're in falling one space, down, you're in one but space. one friend now they got you, and yeah. then they tag out and tag in. But I smile like, up front tonight, go, go. Yeah. Okay, let me stay with him, make sure he okay. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That sense of community is what I observed was missing oh, as well. So it might yes. just have been that, because none of them got that lesson. Mm-hmm. All of them just figured it. Because I don't know how you leave somebody at the risk. End. They're out of their mind. They're sleeping on the side of the road. In the, in the dream. You, yeah, you have trust that all of us are frolicking, but you have to understand and not to be the bearer of thing we are actually receiving our deported convicts back into St. Kitts and Nevis alright so this this trust that Kittitians have that I can send my two year old no not two <laughs> I can send my five year old to the shop three blocks over and she will come back we are we are what we are accepting our de- yeah because after they have after they have served their times and if Serve their time, time in the various jurisdictions. If they are born Kittishan, they come back. They, to they are sent back to the land of deported. their birth, whether they've been here forever or never. Yeah, and we have to accept them. They're ours because they're illegal in the other person's territory. So you, you, this is this is scary as heck. So you're saying that you could have a pedophile, correct? That grew up in Chicago, correct? Who went to jail in Chicago, correct? And as soon as he done survey time, he coming back down here? Correct. Because he was born here. Correct. But he's never matriculated or gotten into the value system of St. Kitts. 
And because we... That's a trusting. Right. We because, give him father. Correct. And because by virtue of the law, he has served his time, he has done nothing wrong in St. Kitts, we can't track him. We have no database to put him on. The same restrictions he had in the United States upon... Had he been released to their society, we can implement them here because he's done nothing within our jurisdiction. Devil's advocate, why can't we put some? Because it's not—it's not within our legislation to do so. So again, it comes down to legislation. I, I mean, I, I did hear—I did hear of some stories where people were charged with like molestation and so on, and it was—it it, it was very special cases. You know, it's not like they, they jump out of a bush, grab somebody and, and rape them in the grass. Like, it's more like having a relationship. You are, both of you are minors or something and ah, you have yeah. a relationship. Ah, I think they call it the woman and Juliet. The Once woman, you are... Yeah, you were... This, two years, two years, two years or less us, difference, then you, you're not really going to be, con, you know, you shouldn't yeah, be, you shouldn't yeah, be yeah, as like a hardened criminal, correct? Yeah, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be as a hardened criminal, but still in some states, it's correct. still... You right. still are... You still are. You, yeah, they, 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 yeah. they may still mandate that you register as a sex As a sex offender. offender. Right. So you're in... You, Basically, right. you've had a relationship with somebody Correct. two years younger than you, Correct. but you're a, sex of, a registered Correct. sex offender. Correct. Um, again, the, I, I think if we are going to ever do, and I think we should, because I, I think we live in that world. If you're telling me what you're telling me and that's what you're telling me, that means that we are all at risk at some... Yes. Um, we need to have a registered list of sex offenders. But I think if we are going to create the legislation, we could create the legislation with special bounds. If you were in a relationship in certain cases, like you don't you have you don't have to register as a sex offender in these cases. Mm-hmm. But we have the, the 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 latitude to do that. Again, but the the pushback the only pushback to that is the typical sanctions on a sex offender is that they do not live within the proximity of a school or any safe space for children. Um in <laughs> that, that's why it will be difficult to regulate because people saying. set up daycares in houses, yes. in housing projects. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. I move in here today and I'm okay. In three weeks, there's a daycare center up the road. Am I moving? Yeah, yeah. no, you're not moving. Right. But, I'm in, is, but I'm in contravention of it. But in how f- And how, how far you, is far? How far is far? Because. I mean, you know, no sex offender could ever live in East, Central, or West Bastia. No, and no sex offender. But then, even in the country, it's difficult for you to live one mile away from any institution that houses children under the age of 16. It's just. So, you see, the practicalities of it. I understand it. You need to know who is your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Unless we're going to do, which I understand. Um, in the discussions on the design of the new prison, there's supposed to be a greater focus on rehabilitation. All right? So, yeah. again, that's where, like, the helping professionals are needed. Because it's, it's not that you can change a sex offender. It's that you are able to explore with them what exactly is the underlying mm-hmm. things. So, for those that might be a victim that turned into an offender, mm-hmm. you definitely try to do some of that healing. For those of those that have those emotional and psychological imbalances that allows them to have those Freudian approaches of being overly stimulated by closeness of that type, mm-hmm. it's about triggers. It's about understanding those kind of things mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, move there, substituting one thing for the other and being able to find alternates and stuff like that. So, 
It's so you're saying in terms of rehabilitation, because some people don't believe this, huh? Right. Some people believe if you're a sex offender, you're a sex offender. You're a sex offender, that's all you are. Which is weird because human beings are never set up so, you know, so binary in such a binary fashion. So you're saying as a sex offender, if you if somebody is is, is found to be a sex offender, criminally charged. It's possible for you to re- rehabilitate them so they don't have to do that that anymore. Is it that it does not? There, there's, them? Well, there's a scale because I mean, if the person, you know, I'm it's not a clinical term. The person is of such bad character that not none of the interventions work for them. And those are people you keep behind bars for the best interests of the population. There's some hardened persons who. No amount of digging up will ever do so because the, the human mind, the human heart, the human spirit is an amazing thing. It, it can, as you saw from uh, the Sandra Bullock movie, you have those who have coping mechanisms that keep them light. Keep them light? Yeah, light. Nothing that happens to them affects the actual person. Um, I forgot what that movie was with the footballer. Yeah, um, right. yeah. I mean, I mean, so he would close his eyes, he would hear the things around him, but he wouldn't internalize them. Right. And so when he's open his eyes, it's a new day, it's a new opportunity. That's a very real right. thing. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Human so there's that end, and creatures. then there's the ones where one crack changes everything about it, hardens them to a core. And after that, everything just bounces off. Nothing ever sticks. Is this, to them is this always because of trauma? Is it just, is it that people are born with certain things? I don't want to think. Well, I don't believe. I don't. I said it. I as asked a, it. Yeah. As, as a clinician, you like to say it is trauma because the human spirit is born pure. You mold it as it goes along, and it is through that molding process that you know things are forged, things are broken off, and and so we like to view it in that sense. As a clock. <laughs> I think we're getting to where we're here now. Yes, got it. Um, the straight question is this. How effective <laughs> is corporal punishment? How effective is it? How effective was it? Is it something that needs to be introduced? But let's start with how effective is, is in your opinion, how effective is, is corporal punishment? Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's break this down. Yeah. <laughs> because Corporal this. punishment refers to any physical punishment uh, meted out as a consequence. As a consequence, yes. Right? So something must be done first, mm-hmm. and this is an, a consequence. Mm-hmm. Where I see some of the differences to be able to ascertain whether it is effective is... Previously, you had conversation. You had established guidelines. Mm -hmm. So you knew that if I do this, this is going to be the consequence. So you know, so you're saying that it it used to be that you knew that you would get... Correct. You knew that lashes, blows was a consequence of doing or not doing this. Mm -hmm. Right? And And then it came... After the consequence still came the reassurance that you are not what you do. You are still loved. I mean, I mean, uh, you never used to it. You never say, well, you're pouting for. Come right by me and hug me up anyway. And you're like, but well, you just lashed me. What the heck you got me hugging you up for? Uh, 
I guess some of us grew up differently. <laughs> I, I don't remember. My, I mean, he probably did it. Yeah, he, he still it, would come in and talk to you and he still would, over dinner time, he still want to have conversation with you. You're like, man, lash me. Yeah, bang me up. Man, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it is the hardest thing to reconcile in your mind. It is difficult. Yeah. You just because, blows me down. Like, right. It feels like and you then hate you, me. And then you want me to come sit down next year as we watch 7 o'clock news, ZIZ. And, and like, my bum still pal, you yeah, know, just beating. Yeah. Like, you still on. want to come in the room and, and, you know, touch my face when you put me in the bed like, I thought you didn't like me. I had blood. And read bedtime story right. and some. And just so that's it. That, that was the, that is it. Because it didn't, because in, if, at least when I remember getting it when I was younger, because it didn't come with a lot of talking. It was the action and they mm. assumed that the action was sufficient. That way it was difficult to reconcile in your mind because mm. you just it. So, but this current, what we've noticed about the current generation is that the rules are not clearly enunciated. All right, mm-hmm. so you used to know you can do this, you can do that. Now, children, are, they don't have no boundaries, you just do whatever, you just do whatever. But they still then revert to the cultural response of that consequence, and then they've gone even further. Whereby, because the relationships have changed so much, whereas I never had the talking to, I had the action, now they have none. So there's never a regrouping back to, uh, to assure the child you are not what you do. All right? Because even as an adult, I could tell people, like, there is probably nothing, because I can't think of it, that I could ever do to, that, to get my father to ever not love me. Nor could I have said that in my younger days when he was blowing me? No. Of course not. Of course not. I, I knew they were because I thought the licks was you this one in me. Of course. But I now the I know. Is like, right. is the worst thing ever. Right. But now I know there's Fail. nothing I can do because I probably have not thought of it yet that I can do to get him to disown me. Right? Mm. But yes, when you're going to be like, you want me to find a bang me now? I remember. So those are, so to me, there's a, there's a, there's a whole process behind corporal punishment. And again, this is only quintessential not studying it because Nobody, I can't fault my parents' generation, my grandparents, for not knowing it. Because now I have a clinician's mind, I can think of it as process. Could I ask you an even deeper question? Of course. I, I mean, we're going we, we're gonna to go bounce out, because it, it, but you just said, yeah. where, did we get, where did we get this from? Because... Of licks? Yeah, blows. Like, we're, we're licks and... Well, couple punishment is just a nice word, but where we get blows, where, where did blows come from? Is that like a... Uh, is that something of slavery? Is it something that came from... Do we it depends, see it in Africa? It depends on who you ask. I'm not a, I'm not a pan-Africanist, so mm-hmm. I've not done in-depth studies into the culture of the African people. Mm-hmm. But there are some who maintain that it is a part of our African culture. I, I, I have not pinpointed what tribe, area, mm-hmm. whatever that does it. It is easier for me to reconcile it as a behavior exemplified through our slave history. That makes sense to me too, unfortunately. All right, because I, the, through the evolution of the African movies that have come ashore to send kids, I don't ever, I see a playfulness in the squatting that they do. You know, with the, uh, when they're disciplining their guard, 
the person that guards the gate and the children, there's a there's a there's a friendly and lightness that goes with the woman take up she shoe. I ain't seen the pelter shoe I get when I was younger. Man, with the vehemence so and the accuracy of a javelinist. So yeah, yeah. I ain't seen that. I seen the and you run away and it done. I ain't seen the man running after you, you know, because I'm catch you. You must come you back must to come the place. Back home, yeah. Man, seeing that vehemence. I'm seeing a playfulness about it. That's why I would say, but again, I stand correct by any Pan Africanist that can say it's come from a particular tribe. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to reconcile it as that. And that's why when we study it, we study it in the sense of that violence. All right? So. <clears throat> For, for it to be, as it is a part of our culture, mm-hmm. we, even within the school system, <clears throat> the reason why they have regulated it <clears throat> to being only administered by the principal or his or her designee, um, a certain number of lashes on a certain part of the body, and they must be documented. As I tell a lot of people, you know, if you have opened the Education Act, I mean, a lot more parents would be a lot more petite, perturbed than they are right now. They're supposed it to be a lash be It must be documented. Because you as a parent should be able to go and inquire what was the infraction that got my child what. So it's no longer the blind trust in the education system when the teacher bang you and your mother like, so? She bang you, she has authority to bang you, she's your teacher. No. <clears throat> because it is, it has to be that regulated. Like one, of course, I must stand on premise and say, it is also because of the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. We all signed it. So it ain't, yes. it's, so, so, so even then, it's still outward pressure. Correct. Correct. But well, we signed pressure. it. I don't know why we don't always read before we sign them or acknowledge that we don't always have to sign them when everybody signs them. But we were one of the first. And you know, this was one of the first. They actually supposed to be an anniversary celebration of the UN Convention of the Charts in St. Kitts because it wasn't the first nations in the Caribbean. To and when was this signed? When was this done? I want to say in the 70s. In the sev- so in the 70s we had this? Mm-hmm. And... I don't think at no point while I was in high no. school, anybody was exercising no. any, inf- writing down any infractions no. and documenting anything. No. I get blows and just get blows. Well, it might have been the 90s. Forgive me. It might have been 90s because right now it's celebrating 30 something Still, years. I was in high school in 98. Right. So, so like, no. no, that ain't happened. No. No. So, so, so wait. So, so let's get it straight. So Correct. at this point, you're telling me, I just want to make sure that we, we completely understand what you're saying the legislation says. When a child commits some form of foolishness or does mm-hmm. something that is against the rules or infringes on somebody else's rights or, you know, is, is generally rude. It's more or, like you know. when the administration determines that that infraction is worth corporal punishment. Worth. Because they could use any, they could use any other form of discipline, eh? You, when you say Stand, any other, I could um, think of many other worse right, forms put, of discipline no, well, than corporal punishment. Um, ask them to leave the room. Giving them detention. Um, I think they've outlawed the things like standing in the sun on the thing with one foot and stuff like that. All of those things are outlawed. Kneeling down, you remember the kneeling? Um, And I think even with the influx of medical certificates for children, still chores such as like clean sweeping and cleaning off the board and stuff. I guess with a medical certificate, a lot of children haven't or schools just write it up because it's too much to manage. All right. So really mainly, so, you can, yeah, so keep, mainly you are you are leaving the classroom and actually going to city guidance counselor. Listen, I think I'm out of touch. 
children don't clean the classroom anymore. Some do, but it's not with the prevalence that we are accustomed to it. So it's not like a schedule thing? We had no. a schedule like no. this day. We had three no, now you have cleaners. Because so that's what we pay for. Clean, we don't clean the class? No. Not as, not as, not, not as like a, a cultural thing applied across the board. I used to remember, end of school year, you take your scrubbing brush and you go and clean your desk, scrub it off, turn it up because the next year... The Somebody next person must gonna, get it. Yeah. I remember being on the on the um the kitchen and the classroom sweeping roster with the corridor. And mm. I remember doing agriculture out in the yeah, back of the air. That's what I'm saying. It's an evolution. It's a it's a it's an it's an inordinate push and pull factor because as parents begin to push one way, the education system does an evaluation, be like, okay, this is just this, this is, is just too, too much. much and I'm going to hire a cleaner and the children. Because if you ask cleaners, they can't understand why a child would see you cleaning and drop the paper. And even to tell them to pick it up is a travesty. Well, what am I to pay you for? Not, they're not saying it. That's the response from their parents. When you go to PTAs and the person, well, you know, we're having a littering problem. Yeah, the cleaner. The cleaner is supplemental. But the thing is, but what about the discipline of keeping a space tidy? That's, that's I think that's, I don't know, man. But remember, Honestly, that, that's, that's where we're going first. The first thing to be able to have a consequence is to have a rule. It's to have that, a rule. Mm. All right? And I remember one time I was along Lozak Road and a high schooler was behind of me. And he dropped... He dropped first, he attempted to stick the cup in the wall of Warner Park. And I just... I remember... I'm now adulting, and so I factor in my tax money and everything. And I remember much money we spent to renovate the park when we did mm-hmm. World Cup and CPL and stuff. I tell the young man, well, you know, why don't you hold the cup? He responded. I give him that first time I engaged him, he responded. He, we just so happened to follow each other now up by the, end, the East Park Range Road. Mm-hmm. And he dropped it. And I was like, do you know, do you know that that is... I can't remember what the money value is. We were like $500 for litter. Yeah, it's litter, yeah. Mm. He, then he started to give me some kind of hard chat. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, when would I have ever been able to back chat an adult? I don't have to stuff it in my bag, stuff down my, stuff down my feelings. Of course. And when I'm out of, eye, out of earshot of her, then you make cuss, your with, noise. cuss with my friends. I would never think to do it in, in front the of earshot them. of an adult. And so those are the things too. We have rules. We don't, we don't apply them all over. We don't, one, we don't set a lot. Where they're set, we don't enforce them. So that's the first premise to punishment is to have a rule that then is broken. All right? And then for, for, the, for the clinical approach, just to make sure that you don't break the fragile inner person, <laughs> oh my god that's why a lot of people hate us they're like oh my I'm just not going to oh my I remember, god I remember when we went I think there was a misconception that the government the former administration was planning to outlaw corporate punishment in homes I never heard that one but okay because we were, we, were, we were instead doing the advocacy to assure people that it's regulated in schools. Mm-hmm. But something got a window, something, and it was like, me no, no, Miss Clark, she, Miss Clark, can't come to me, can't lash me, child in my house. What she no knock on me, don't come for it. I'll be like, we are not regulated in the home. What we are trying to do is to empower you and to in, 
to ask you to use some alternate things. My God. I've my, my brother is parent to three kids, and every time I tell him, why don't you use timeout? Timeout, timeout. Timeout is me telling the child, stop. I was like, no, but you have to understand he has a fragile sense of self. Me had one too, and me grew up well. So I get all these retours back and forth. So I'm like, okay. Um, it's <laughs> so rules is first, then it is. The consequences, <coughs> consequences, and consistent <coughs> consequences <coughs> application of the same, mm-hmm. okay? Because everything can't be going to licks, mm-hmm. and that's what I tell people is licks your base or is this your ultimate? Mm. So you're saying it should have a level, correct? This infraction is correct, bad enough, or first time, second time, third mm-hmm. time. So, whether you apply it across the board to everything. First warning, second warning, boom, boom, bam, third. All right? Or you are saying that things have different consequences. Um, so you do this infraction has this, that, that. These ones constitute lashes. You know, there's a, there's a problem with lashes that, 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 that I see, though. Because you can't, you can't regulate what people do with the licks. Correct. And a lot of the times, I don't think people ever really think about the fact that they're, they're not going into corporal punishment, they're more into the abuse territory. Right. Because, I mean, I don't see, this is just my thing, I don't see a reason why you should have a, to thump a child in the face or anything like that. Like, I, I understand a spank on the butt, you know, open your hand, you know, regulated, I am going to beat you now. Put out your hands. That, that kind of conversation. Right. That that is why that is when you realize that punishment is crossing into violence. When you when you cannot pause mm. your emotions to understand the responsibility you have to the child as a form of corrective behavior, that's when it gets tenuous. So if you so agitated that the only thing you could do is club first, mm-hmm. irrespective of where you hit, how hard you hit, taking consideration, anything like that, you should always have the consciousness of mind that I am doing this behavior for this result. Not because of my feedback response Correct. to what you Correct. Or my so you say um, a child is acting a fool in the, in, the, in the supermarket and you'll be able to say, St- I'm, I'm going to tell you once more, stop. If you do this again, we're leaving or whatever the, the consequence is. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we need to raise a society that is much more amenable to that. There's too much shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, with the, with the earlier ones that have the temper tantrums and stuff, anybody believes they could do it better. And to me, they just should be. If you have, if you have a spirit, a personality, and a practice of being the cajoler and the peacemaker, mm. a, a lot of it makes American media when a nice person allows a child to sit on the lap and sleep while the mother is sleeping. I just think those things are intrinsically kittishans. You know, because people just can't keep their hand off your child. Yeah, yeah. You know? Is. So if that is your nature and you see somebody, then first you ask the parent, can I help you in this regard? I'm really good with kids. They love me. Can I try to calm her down? You know? And so it doesn't take, it doesn't make you look like you can't control your child. Let me try. See? It's lending a hand and then be able to see if they can, they can calm Boy, the I don't even know if that gonna work. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. why. People, people have a pride about them and, and it's, it's probably not, it's not just kittishans. It's, it's probably around the world, especially... Everybody else but the Americans. 
there's a pride about raising your children and you think you should be able to handle your children. If you if your child is making a shame out of you or embarrassing you in public, you find the need to have to either embarrass them, create a scene, show them who is boss, and bring you back down to your child level. So somebody coming to me and saying like, may I assist with but your I'm, child? It's like, mind your business, keep walking, I have this because I am the parent and I'm supposed to have the tools to deal with this. But it contravenes who we are as black people. We are raised by the many, not the one. Is that the culture that we still have? Because I mean, back it's in the day... It's challenged. It's challenged. And that's what I'm saying. It is... It is Again, when I studied why we are the thing, it is choices we make to be the one. Because there's also a saying that family is not just who is blood, it is who stood by me. Mm. All right? So if for some reason you have a rift with your blood family, you have friends you consider closer to you than it. So therefore, if they really are that close, you're not standing alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand the guilt of thinking, well, if my family and I are not well, I'm not going to bother anybody else. Yeah. But intrinsically, as black people, we've always been raised by the many. All right. At some point, we changed our minds to say, I've got to do this by myself. myself yeah. I personally yeah, do not suffer from that. I always ask advice. I always seek out things because that's, that's a level of arrogance to those who know better mm-hmm. and ignorance for those who are not yet that aware that I can't yet reconcile with. Because it, 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 from a biblical sense, you came with at least, what, the Lord gave you at least one other companion. Mm-hmm. He made mm-hmm. sure Adam had it. He made sure every animal had um, a, a another. Yeah. So why then, even if it's not a mate situation, why then are you not seeking out your other? I mean, we all have our father, but mm. the other, the f- other in, physical, yeah. in physical physical space. Farm, yeah. And if you come with that other, with that sense of respect, they will understand when you are down and what you need to be able to get you back up on your feet. That's the loop. You know, you, 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 that's a good point. You know the loop? The loop is this. In my, at least from my observation, please correct me. Um, the loop that I see is that I don't know what trauma we faced at some point in the 90s or whatever, but people do feel like they're raising and they're by themselves. Like, I am in this, this situation by myself. Ain't nobody helping me. Ain't nobody but me and my child. So when my child goes to school, nobody bang up me, no touch my child. But your child is at school for eight hours. There's nowhere that you're going to drop your job to go up to, to babysit your child for eight hours every single day. That is already a communal... Um, you, you're already in a situation where you are in a community raising this child. But anybody makes any sort of thing. And then it creates a loop because the child then feels that it, 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 it echoes those sentiments. My teacher ain't supposed to touch me. Don't touch me. My mother don't bang me, so don't bang me. My mother don't tell me that, so don't tell me that. You understand? When they get children, what do you think is going to happen? It's even more exclusion from the body, more exclusion yep. from the herd. The more excluded they are from the home, the, the, worse, the, the harder it is for them to be part of a team, the harder it is for them to lock down a walk in any field. Because most fields, as far as I know, you have a boss, you have somebody who you have to work with. There's a team element to almost every business. Even if you're an entrepreneur by yourself, you got to work with clients. So you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not teaching community you're not teaching your child to be successful. There's nowhere. How are you going to be successful when you push the world away? Everybody. 
there's no way for me to connect with you because my mother tell me that nobody's supposed to tell me nothing. Correct. And as I said, that is the missing element. Mm. It, it, it had to be choice, but the problem is much more persons made that choice than the alternate. And I'm sure, I, I look at it at a nod. When I came home in 2007 as well, one of the shocking things was um, then former Ambassador Conda was Minister of Education. And I heard of an altercation where a parent had cause to slap off a teacher at one of our public schools. Oh, no. And I was like, who does that? Your teacher what? was on, right under your parents. Like, you know, when your teacher bang you, and you ain't complain to because your parent, by virtue handing you over to the school, yes, gave yes, them yes. right to I do never it. even tell my parents when I get licks. Correct. Because you almost got a licks on the boot of it. That was it. I, the I, it's like, where you get licks for? Yeah. I ain't want that. Correct. Like, because there was, there was a reverence, a respect to teachers and their roles and responsibilities. Mm. I, I wouldn't take away that some compromises entered that field. All right? Mm. Some compromising characters entered this, the of field course, of teaching yeah. and eroded the thing because that was it too. I used to feel so good as a young professional when people would take me for a teacher. Really? Yeah, because it was one of the highest professions. I was like, yeah, she think I'm a teacher? No, I'm not a teacher. I'm a really a teacher. But it used to be so good, you think? Because it had, it had an air of sophistication, mm-hmm. elegance, yeah. respect. That's why I could just see you walking and think you're True. a teacher. Now, Womp womp. Yeah. It don't come with the same. Is it is it is it that the is it that <laughs> by eight is gonna be a Is it that teachers no longer really represent that or the majority of teachers don't carry that ear of of of, of authority and respect? It could be either one. And again, I have to take some time to study because in I don't gone are the days when Persons had that that automatic reset button, or that their life was so filled. Because when you talk to teachers who did it for years, it's a strong sense of family, a mm-hmm, strong mm-hmm. faith in God yeah. that gave them that reset button in the summer to come back with the same idealism to do it all over again. Generations now are carrying lingering feelings. So the child mother who cuts you off, your next class, you're not doing this. And you tell the entire system, I am not doing that. Last year, Miss Clark had cause to cuss me. Y'all didn't stand up for me, so I'm not do- allowing myself to be placed oh, in that man, position again. Right. So a lot of them have been beaten down. Their mental health has been fractured. They're looking for something to reset them, a trip. That's why a lot of school teachers say, do not call me in the summer. A God in hibernation. Because I need to reset my entire being. But they're looking for something tangible. Whereas all the others had something intangible. intangible. Oh. And, and I don't think there could ever be anything tangible That's that resets you. Right. That's where a lot of people go on these Tibetan things and just go up and, and just free clear your mind, mind, clear yeah. your mind and make a conscious decision to reset. Right. And that's all it takes. Um, but again, we're also asking much more of our teachers. We are? Yeah. Um, to be everything to the children. But that's what we're asking them to do. We're just asking them to teach and no, do some extracurriculars, you know. No, teach them to run. A, but to be everything without your support. Once upon a time when you 
when a teacher would identify a child being in need, mm -hmm. they had an opportunity to talk to the parent. Now, the parent, like you said, feels as though you're judging. You're judging them, yeah. You're looking so here's down So here's a teacher trapped in a space where I want to help, but I don't see the parents being supportive to the help. But how do I still honor the child? It's a very difficult conundrum. It's, it's almost impossible to solve. It's start. almost impossible because you don't want to overempower the child so they disrespect their parents. And you also but, don't want to overstep your boundaries with the child because then the parent will be like, right. you know what, you ain't right. going to see Mr. Powell again. Right. And then mm. you don't want to not do anything for the child and then you see the eventualities of what you feared most. It's the most difficult thing. That's why I tell people, I... I guess being a senior, being a senior public servant, I have to say, I have faith in most of the systems put in place to make sure the right people get there. Where we are most struggling is that we don't, pump, we don't take the care of the people enough. Mm. I see they're trying it with the teacher day and staff development days, etc. But it's not enough of it is done to take care of the mental health of the, of the people who give of themselves. It's almost like having an army of soldiers and Correct. you keep sending them out to war without any Correct. rest. You're just like... And, and, for and us, expecting them to perform at the highest possible. Because yeah, for us, our tool is ourselves. And when you are drained, you are that way. And the... Man, this is horrible. You know why it's horrible? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you could remember when you were going to school. There were a few teachers... That were instrumental to me for me getting over certain adolescent problems. There are certain problems my parents do not know about that mm -hmm. I went through. Certain emotional turmoil. I used to go over by this teacher. Oh my God, I'm not going to call her name. Mm -hmm. But she was a godsend. Emotionally, I didn't understand. I couldn't reconcile certain feelings about girls. I couldn't, I couldn't understand. There's what this one particular girl who probably used to send me crazy. And I used to go to one teacher who was there for me after hours. I used to go over by she house to talk to her. And we used to sit. She used to sit with me. She had children. And she used to sit with me for hours talking to me outside. The woman in she, in she home clothes. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point she used to be like, you know, Stephen, it's eight o'clock. I think, it's time, I think it's time for you to go home. Because you have to respect your boundaries, yeah? No, I don't even think she meant, <laughs> she, she said it. I never <coughs> felt... I mean, it's only now you re you really color. You're like, okay, you know, I'm an adult. I kind of see this better now. But at the time, I thought she was just sending me home because, like, you're out of your parents' house. Right. At eight. That's what I mean. Not you respect, that, yeah. Not that I have a child that who needs I need my who needs my attention as well yeah. inside these very doors. She never, she never shut the door on me. Mm -hmm. She never like made me feel like I was inconveniencing her. She helped me through it. And I needed her. Like, there's nothing. I, like, Azilla, I'm telling you, I couldn't trust my parents with it. I had to talk to her. Like, she was it for me. So it's like, imagine that lady, God bless her solid soul, going back the very next year to a set of children and don't have the energy to deal with it. Legit, like, no, I'm going to, because some because Stephen's mother where my child doing over here till eight o'clock? Don't let me child. May want my child over here, but she goes back. She's like she sees somebody just like me who needs help, needs assistance, needs somebody to be in the corner, and she's like, I can't. I literally not gonna go through this again. Yeah. We have a diminishing return system. We do, and these children need it 
more than I don't I don't even I, I don't want to be I don't want to like overstate or like be like pretentious about this but I feel with all my heart these children need it way more than than I need it the things that I understand they're dealing with I Correct. I've never even Correct. I've never even been aware of anybody in my class dealing with anything even remotely close to that. And I had people in my class who got pregnant. Yeah. And that's not, like, I thought that was, like, the worst thing that could possibly happen. And that's not even close yeah. to the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Because I know somebody listening to this would say, oh, but the, the generations that taught before had it hard too. But I'm saying that when you look at the added social construct that have come into play, it's different in every generation. Because the same teacher that you were saying, they say, she still taught eight hours. She was available for you after school. She did all the How? PTA, sports the day, extracurricular activities, school, ask the her to clubs. do her stuff. Right. And she didn't feel burnt out. I said agreed because some of the X factors you have to consider is perhaps... The school in and of itself was a bigger community to them. Secondly, because teachers were of such value, the other support system stood in for her as well. Mm -hmm. So she could trust her children to the Sunday school teacher on Sunday mm -hmm. while she spent time with you throughout the week. She could have trusted her, the godparents or the thing of her children to be that safety net for the time she needed to invest in you. We don't know that those still things still exist. We clearly know Sunday schools are challenged in the Federation. They don't have the numbers, the frequency, or the commitment to them. them where some of them were the life stone Blood, yeah. for many. So they call the iPad is for this generation. Sunday, Sunday school and church was that for us. Vacation by vacation. You know, you could and you're skipping going everyone. Yeah. But it is same Bible verses spoken. Of course, you you've got, got to learn it every time. Because yeah. that is your summer programming. So that's why I tell people look at look look at it wider than the eyes that you see. Yes. There's still X amount of teachers required per school. Yes. Mm. They still teach and eat at whatever work day. Mm. Yes. They still are aware and want to be involved in the children's life. But you have to factor in that one of the days when parents unilaterally and freely handed over their child to the school system and said, help me raise him. These children, yeah. I need Whatever he does that is not right, break, break him, him in. in. Yeah, break yeah. it out. I will support you. No questioning was ever done. That's why it's a, no question was ever done. They were right under your parents. After your parent was your teacher. Who was the, who was this pri the principal for, 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 um, for Sandy Point again? It was Hodge? Hodge. Oh, my for, God. For Sandy Point you know, you know, you know in, in all honesty, if Hodge was in this time, oh, yeah. could not even, he wouldn't yeah. even be able to function I, for that, one That's year. another person that I, I, I really... Seeing how he's seen the lens of a Sinkis that he taught in and became one of one, a senior executive in it, because principal is a senior executive mm -hmm. in this school system, to have left, gone to the United States, understood the construct that they try equality, freedom, taking care of the delicacy of the child, all getting participation, trophies, <laughs> you know, and see Busy. the challenges there. Now coming back to be an even more senior educator and seeing how do I balance it to what do I take from that to make it here because I'm seeing this mm -hmm. right it would be an interesting that may be an interesting conversation to have to be like how do you how, yeah, how are you managing an education system in this day and age where 
you know, parents have the pressure of only passes. They don't want their child to do anything else. In, in, in my church, it's like, I remember the first time adolescents told me, I write in CXC so I can't come. I said, can't come? I went, to, I went to Girls' come. Brigade through two sixth form. That was my one blessed hour on a Thursday afternoon to just be a child. There's no studying, there's no work, there's just fun. I mean, it had a little bit of work in it, but it was fun work as compared to the bureaucracy yeah, 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 of school. And so they mm-hmm. shut down everything to focus in. And now they've started to do it as early as Tessa Standards. So children are having all of these anxieties. I only remember Tessa Standards because it was the test I had to take to go to, to high school. Yeah. Nothing and because changed. of how my class has been set up since I joined Ariston Primary in first grade, I was always fifth. So I was sleeping on the desk. You were sleeping? Because Sle- I was expected to call my name fifth. And then Mr. Charles, Sylvester Charles, called my name first. And has, somebody else would hit me like, as I look at him, he's like, me? First in Tessa Sanders? No, y'all missed a couple of people. Yeah, you missed like four others. Yeah, I missed like four others. Like, what's going on? Travesties in the world right now. Uh-huh. Structure. <laughs> yeah, see, everybody had, probably the others who's always been first to fourth, their parents must have been pounding like, you gotta go, you gotta. Mine was just like, oh, I said, just do a good job. Fifteen class is really good. So when I took the people test. I can't even remember stress from test the test standard. I went and yeah. did. I cannot even remember what test the standards really was. Right. No, they are. No, they are secondary classes for test the standards. They're preparatory classes for test the standards. What? But you see, I can't just have that. I can't just say that in the context just of passing tests. Mm. The other discussion that persons are having is that the academic year, the academic school year, is so bound with other things that they're not able to complete a curriculum. Oh, that, that so is it not, is yeah, to it is to the parents detriment. take the initiative mm-hmm. to try of to having the... these supplementals. Mm-hmm. But as I've seen, because I had to enroll one of my godchildren in a math one, mm-hmm. and when I had a conversation with the facilitator, it was like I can make space, man, because some of them who are coming are not doing it to fill the gaps; they're doing it to have a comparative advantage. I needed her to fill the gap. She honestly did not like math. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her grades were just too bad to carry through to math because uh-huh. without the foundations in primary school, she would have been salt in secondary. Yeah, she but it was some who are top performers, but their parents just mean they should continue to ace it in that regard. Okay. And he, he came to the realization, no, I can, I can leave one or two of those out of the class because this is the population I'm meant to teach. Yeah, yeah. The ones who have problems, not the, the ones, ones who are excelling. And, and just want the top up to say like, master, master, master of it all. So that, that's also a realization. I can't, so I can't necessarily, and, and the thing is when you break it down, like, I can't even necessarily blame the parents that are just trying to look for the best Correct. for the child. Correct. You know, like I want my child to excel. And that's the challenge with designing an education system. That's why we go to have a conversation with planner Dr. Pemberton, Quinton Morton, uh, and and P.S. Hodge to understand, because for too long, it has always been school is where you go to learn how to be an adult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's not... No. That's not even Within that came the social values. That's why... Moral instruction is still around. Civics used to be around. Because you had to teach people how to be an adult. Mm. Somewhere it switched to school is just about passing subjects. Yes, that's it. You are regurgitating. You don't have any clinical thing. If, the t- if, if in the textbook spell the word they're wrong, put it put, back wrong well, because that's what the book that's said. That's what I want, yeah. 
not critically thinking to be like, no, I can't put that wrong. You know, I could spell that better. You know, that's just a type of. They put but we not, but we not producing better employees. No, that's that's what the, the the chamber and others would say. That I'll tell you. I mean, as a as a, as a small business owner, yeah. it the is ingenuity difficult. The, if it's not on a list, if it doesn't, if it if, if they minimum. get a list to say do these five things, they're gonna they do finish it. Finish the five things, but there's still twelve hours left in the day. There'll be no ingenuity to say, well, it wasn't on the list, but I see the value to it. Let me be able to do it. I see you over there scratching your head. So yes. I've listened I'm to the person because I've had I've had at least four experiences that are at the top of my mind trying to train students who came out of more or less a recent education system. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it is it is brain numbingly difficult. They would literally you would say, okay, go over there, lift that box and carry it and put it inside the, the car. They would take the box, they would put it by the car, they don't have the key to put it in the car, they will leave it outside and stand there and look at you. And you're like, where is this box <coughs> not in the car? Um, I didn't have the key. So why didn't you come back for the key? Well, um, you, tell me. you, you didn't, didn't tell me. You didn't tell me that. You just tell me. But you didn't even complete the thing I told you to do. Like you, there is an obstruction. You need to engineer your way around the obstruction. And the fact that, that my instructions incorporated that instrument meant that you have access to the instrument. There was Too many times they tell you the door, the lock. I and told you to put something inside uh, of the room. Does that not imply that I gave you authority to enter the room? Enter the room. So therefore you could come and ask for the key. I find the to key. open the room. Or go to whoever uh, authority that has the instrument yes. to open the door and go and open the door. The, and the thing is, to me, it comes off with a sense of willfulness because I know for sure that these children are smart. They're not stupid. If you give them an iPad at three years old, they figure out how to work it. They figure out how to play whatever game they want, go on whatever website, sh- little shack, do, 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 do. We ain't had that. And they could do it. Any problem that they want to, in, they want to figure out, that they're going to do it. They're going to find the resources and do it. But when you give them work to do, they have a different, they, they, their minds. Because they're boxed in because they thought only to function to that point. Yes. I yeah. gave you a command. Correct. Follow it. Correct. But that's not, that's not, that's not, you're never going to excel at anything like that. You have to find ways to solve problems. People hire you to solve some problem. Even if you are, I don't want, there's no real bad job, but if you're, an, if you're a secretary, you have to solve problems. Right. Nobody's putting you at the front desk to be a robot because we have an answering machine. Right. An answering machine does not solve a problem. Right. It still needs input. Yep. Input! Yeah. And I'm telling you, hiring older people <laughs> is much easier because, and it's not just older people, it's people who have that instinct to say, I am here to solve a problem. I'm here because there's something that Stephen cannot do or there's something that Stephen needs help to do. Not to throw the conversation completely left, but we also, in the other hat that I wear, we're doing the the finalization for our national aging policy. And And one of the considerations is the abolition of a retirement age. The abolition? What? You're going to get rid of... There is a pension age, uh-huh. but there's no retirement age. Because in a small island state like Sinkis, you cannot purposefully marginalize mm. such a large population when 
the the trajectory of our population is you per I'm an 80 so let's say yeah, 60 six, 1960 and and below had it that by the time they are 50 mm-hmm. should 50 be. to 62 that is when they've required enough experience to attain the positions but oh, they bump up against an, the retirement, a mandatory retirement, retirement age of age. 55 to 62. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's counterproductive. It's counterproductive. I am an 80s, 80s and 90s babies. We may have it at 40 because we got access to of tertiary course, level education. Perhaps the next generation will be doctorates when they're 20. 20 yeah, yeah. So therefore they can see the age. But the value of having mm-hmm. a person who has... And the next thing is their trajectory saw them running the gamut to the entire company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. You started so at... So they see a holistic yeah, view of the company. Of the company. So there's a, they can slot in and do many different we, things. We, we were raised in specialty. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was no egos that said... Ah, I have three, I have five subjects. You're not putting me to do that. They did whatever was necessary. Mm-hmm. And there's an intrinsic value to there that in a, a company. Value there, right. Yeah. So you can't just say, put them out to pasture. But then when we had the discussion, like, but how are you going to make space for the young people? Like, y'all not even what people want to hire. Because if you don't have a computer, you're dead at your desk. It's true. That's true. You know, if power goes, you're completely stumped. Yeah. You don't know how to file, write. A, a situation comes before you, there's very little. Even though you know the rules and the structure, whatever it is, the company, you can't guide a person to the process. And you can't, uh, people don't have the time to be, as the head of a company, to always be coming out to answer the menial things. That's why they, that's why they hire people. That's when it gets annoying. Right. So I, that, that has been a discussion. And counterproductive like, because menial tasks, I, I know, I don't it like has it a bad. It has a bad connotation. But it is what it is. The menial tasks need to be done but the thing is, your responsibility, because of your knowledge and your experience, you're needed in another place. You can't right. be coming down here to show somebody how to write a letter or how to, you know, right. file this. Up, and all I tell people it's, is... It's weird. Just have the respect for the person. The cleaner is as important as the top person. Because I need a clean space to do my work. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult for me to function top. Mm-hmm. So once you show that level of respect, it is. I, I, the evolution of the term secretary, clerk, administrative, assistant, all of the vernaculars that go in there, is to build a degree of respect in that position. Because many executives and directors will tell you when my secretary is on sick leave or out it's macanal it, in the it, office it, it's really it's chaos yeah nobody knows anything because I can I, before I talk it she knows I have a meeting she knows what files to bring me she knows that is because you are linked into the process community yeah yeah. And this is the this is the problem is the teamwork aspect. You know, you know, some one time I talked to <laughs> oh boy, this was a conversation to have. But um one time I had a conversation with a school leaver. I'm gonna call him a school leaver because I don't know what to call him. Um they just left college and they started to work, they wanted to work in, in government. And they said, you know, I can't wait to work there because as soon as four o'clock come, I bust off a gun. All right. I said, um, okay. Okay, still listening. They said, you know, and Stephen, you know, when it comes to like buses and so, you know, you just, I just go here to make money. I here to make money. I said, um, okay, okay, that's fine. But if you don't do your job properly, how will anybody make any money? 
It's, it, it doesn't matter if it's government or private sector or you're doing something for the Marine Corps. If you don't do your job properly, and I'm not talking about just doing your job to the menial that you could do it. If you could do your job good enough that you are a valued element to that system or that company or that community or whatever you're doing, the community is going to grow. Mm -hmm. If you don't do a good job, the community, once the community is not growing, it's being devalued. It's, 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 it's like we live in a world where if it's not getting better, it's getting worse by comparison because things don't stop moving. Okay. If you stand up in space and you decide, I'm going to stay right here, the world will go leave you mm -hmm. because it's always growing. And I told, I told the person, I said, listen, you have to be valuable. If I, am, if I hire you, I can't hire you to just do the beer minimum because then it makes sense that I don't hire you. I could do the beer minimum. You understand? I need you to be able to grow in things. Yeah. You are not, even though you are not the boss, if you don't do your job, the boss is going to have to downsize at some point yeah. because somewhere, somehow, we are leaking resources. I am paying you $1,500 that I could be saving. You, you are not worth $1,500. It could be better served for me yes. to stay with my $1,500 and invest it somewhere Correct. else. Yeah. And some technology that could do it. And we always say people, the value added in that, because it, <laughs> it, it's, it's a strange thing. And I, I hate to compare it with the public service because we are our worst beast. Because mm. when I hear people say they just leave at 4 o'clock, I was like, I have, well, I came into the service as a young professional mm. with a degree, so I didn't have to go. But I never left just at 4, but I seldomly did. You seldomly left at 4? At 4. Tell the audience why. <laughs> why? Well, one, at once the government switchboard shuts down at four, that's your most productive time. Because then only the people absolutely know your extension can reach you. That's when you have quiet time that you, you can actually, actually finish some done. of your things done. Yeah, sure. And that's why I always tell people, I, I, I am a constant advocate for it. I don't know with a world that is open 24-7, why the government is thinking it still means to have everybody finish work at four. I can come in 10 to 6, you know. I do 9 to 5. I can do 11 to 7. I can it do those matter. kind of hours. Me too. You know, because we have that flexibility too. But I understand the archaic thing where they don't want to do You know, do it's it funny. When, when I first started work, I started my first job, my first real job. I called it a real job. Um, was working at ZAZ. That was my first real job. I had a few other jobs where my dad did kind of hooked me up to mm -hmm. make sure that I didn't spend the summer vacation just sitting down on my backside and watching TV. But... My first job was ZIZ, and I am most thankful every single year I'm working for myself, I am thankful I worked at ZIZ. The reason being is because ZIZ's hours are not standard hours. Yeah. You could go in at 7 and leave at 11 o'clock in the evening yeah. time because it's, it's based on what you are doing. It has nothing to do with all... You're going to work from... Seven, and they tried it. When I was there, they tried to institute a scheduling system that just didn't work. Because you would have to schedule people in such a way that it was staggered. I don't know if you remember how the police used to work. Mm -hmm. They work from 7 to, to, to 11 or something. And then they break for four hours. And, and then they, they come, come back at five or six. And they work another four hours. And that is the, the eight hours. But then what happens is you end up staying on because it doesn't make any sense to go home that takes an hour. To come back, that takes an hour and only have two hours home for lunch. That makes no sense. So most of the times, I used to go to ZIZ and I would stay the whole day at ZIZ. And at first, somebody would be like, but Steve, I'm not slavery. Hope you used to get paid. No, it was, 
That was really terrible. But beyond that, it taught me a, a certain level of discipline. You have to be working to actually accomplish something. Not working to show up, but working to actually do work. Like, I, I think in my, in, like, as a professional, I don't know, that sounds pretentious, but okay, as a <laughs> professional, as an artist, I would love to see the day when jobs become merit-based affairs. Where you have a certain about the things to do in your portfolio, and the way that you complete these things dictate what your salary, what your compensation will look like. Yeah. We have a project to complete in this government department. We did not complete this project. We have to take some kind of cut somewhere because we didn't do what we were supposed to yeah. do. Are too, it's too long where we have like these inefficiencies where somebody, it's just really one person just dragging their foot and bringing the entire department down. Imagine if you are going to affect my salary, how I'm going to treat you. Listen, Tony, um, director, listen, Tony ain't really doing anything. I'm sorry, he isn't. We need this. He's not doing it. We need this assessment. It's not here. He had two weeks. What is going on? Tony, do the work or leave. Yeah. You understand? Or let me do the work for you and I take your money. The compensation. Yeah. It's, it, trust me, it, it is the discussions that need to occur because... The the profile of St. Kitts and Nevis is changing. <clears throat> we have a lot of um, non-nationals who are contributing to mm -hmm. our, and they come from countries that they are strong advocates. They understand, I pay your salary, so therefore I then expect a level of professionalism, courtesy, and productivity Funny. that I can't that I can't stand by. Um, Kitishans, because we have a family member in there, we can't stand so much on principle because we know she delays the one that everybody talks about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't and get up and say I don't I don't like public servants. They like Dianese. Everybody don't turn on the church pews like you're talking about your niece, no? So it's difficult for us to have that accountability. <laughs> you know, right. she does try. Right. And they put the quotation. Right. You know, she does try, right. but she have yeah. problems. Yeah. The, she it, always was something, late. <laughs> something you said earlier too about um, doing it for the love of something. Yes. I mean... When I, when I get older and I'm sure I sit down in my retirement chair and I come back and ask, well, how did I spend my most productive years, 30 to 45? Yeah, I will never see the value in money. Never see the value in money. Because even now as I compare with some of my young colleagues who are kitchens who are based overseas mm -hmm. and they do a quick currency converter and they hear what I work for and then they convert their salary, like, just do not tell me. Do not tell me. It's absolutely depressing. It must come from something else. Yeah, it has to have something And I, I, they like to say, oh, you're trying to keep us down. I said, no. <coughs> There's a level of realism that you need to understand. If you only value your life by a salary or an attainment of something, you don't know what life holds to give you that. You can strive for it. Mm -hmm. But if, if that is the only pin to your happiness, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. You have to pin it to a multiplicity of things. How good am I to the persons that I work with mm -hmm. so that when I leave, I always leave a little part of myself and persons better than how I met them. Systems better than how I met them. Due diligence, all these kind of things that you stand for is always in the blueprint and the DNA of where you sit 
sit stand of interacted with so when you leave people can see something about it that's you different. left a standard right so it, that, that's why you try to encourage persons for or else it it because there's never enough monetary count because sometimes you have you have the money but you don't have the satisfaction no you don't and then you and then you look at people who are crazy that leave these high positions to do something else but it's like happiness it comes down to that simply it's funny because I think like maybe a lot of the culture that we learn of today and I don't even know if you could blame the kids for this and I call them the kids because they're younger than me mm-hmm. um, it, money is the value by which um, yep. people's lives are judged if you are the next Mark Zuckerberg then you are seen to have a happier life than somebody who paints you know and that's mm-hmm. what they do for a living uh, it's so funny that if that's the case, a lot of us will never, ever find happiness, ever. No. It could be staring you right in the face. Correct. Yesterday, not yesterday, a couple, about a week ago, um, me and my girlfriend, we had a, a conversation about um, children, child, childbearing. Not us, childbearing, God forbid. Um, but oh God, God forbid. <laughs> God forbid right now, not very ready. Um, <laughs> that's but quite a statement, God It is, God forbid, right now. Um, he knows, he knows, he, he knows, okay, the, he knows the perfect timing. Yes. Um, but we, we talked about childbearing and how some people, it's okay if the best thing that they accomplish in life is to be a great mother or father because some people... They might have all the money in the world and they didn't even accomplish even that. You understand? Like, what they leave after their money, sometimes some terrible, terrible individuals who are lacking in so much department. So if you, if you can't look down on somebody who says, okay, I have three or four kids. This is what I have. I might not have, I don't have a lot of money, but I have these three or four kids. How could you say I am not happy with these children? These children are everything to me. Yeah. That's not... That's not something lesser than you making your $50,000 a month. Correct. I don't know who makes $50,000 a month. But still, it, you can't compare it. There's no comparison. Correct. If you find happiness in $50,000 a month, then by all means, I am happy for you by extension. But if this person finds happiness in, in five kids and this is what they have, this is their value, this is what they find in this life... I think that's wonderful too. Yep. Because at the end of the day, I could never be unhappy for somebody being happy. Correct. Because that's what all I hear trying to do. That's all <laughs> that we all are trying to, trying to, put, to, to put together in our pot and brew up a nice little stew of called happiness stew, where you learn the lessons from things past that you could apply in the future. You be as much of a planner as possible, but in the back of your mind, no, it's not really my plan. If it aligns, then it shall happen. If it doesn't, there must be a lesson within the chaos that occurred. So let me try and learn that. And taking the time to learn it too. Um, there's not, I don't know what, I, I, I have a friend one time who said she envies prisoners because it's the it's for many of them the only time they get to spend exclusively with themselves. Wow. And she just wished that she had time in a day to spend exclusively with herself. And as, as a helping professional, even when we're talking about our thing, it, it will, if we're serious about holistic health, we're going to have to change the way we look at things. Um, I had a colleague today when I walked up the steps was nodding off at his desk. 
He just came, well, it was like probably like one o'clock. He just came from a meeting from morning till then, had not eaten, but was mentally drained, but felt obligated to sit at the desk for the remainder because heaven forbid somebody see a public servant going home one o'clock. And I'm like, but if you're mentally drained, you're mentally drained. Yeah. The damage that you do, and I learned that the hard way. I tried to work through, I suffer migraines, and I tried to work through a couple of them, and I swear lost memories past my brain just so. What? Because you can't work through a migraine. It's a chaos in your mind. It should relax. And but I just used to work through the arrogance of, of youth. <laughs> the arrogance of youth. You're still really <laughs> young. Yeah. The arrogance of I wear glasses now because... Um, when we did our, our CDB project, current will go and CDB will want the project. And CDB are only concentrating by the light of the thing. And then I went for my eye checkup and doctor said, oh. I said, oh, what did you do? It's like, well, I mean, your pupils are less. It's like, you see, I should have just done CDB. Current went. Yeah. So I will give you the assignment when current come back. But heaven forbid we do that. The arrogance. I see the sense of accountability. Now I'm trying to tell them, nope, current gone. I will be filing. I'll be doing something manual because I will not be damaging Damage myself anymore. Right. But it's to be able to see how then do we factor and value the person in the equation. Yes, there are those that, that take far too much advantage of the system. Always sick, always this and that. Mm -hmm. But you can genuinely see when a person needs that break. Mm -hmm. And you know what it rebounds to when the person can give you more the next day. The of course. It's even more productive. It's I mean. even more productive because they see that you value me as a person to say, I see you're having a hard time, but you want to say you're going to stay. No, leave. Go take care of yourself because you are my long-term investment. You're my long-term partner. I had a boss late night. Yeah, you're my long-term partner. You're, I want you to be good for me for years to come, not just for the couple of minutes in front of me. And the system is going to have to change with that. Um, I was having that discussion with, again, with the National Health Insurance debate, with employers like the most dangerous times for children in the Federation are between 3.30 and 6.7. When, depending on how far you live, that's the commuting time mm -hmm. to get home from work to there. Those are the dangerous times. How many businesses make it amenable for children to come to their places of work mm -hmm. between 3.30, 4, 5 o'clock? So they could wait a until A dedicated space. Not chunking between their parents' lap. A dedicated communal space where they can do that. I think Central Bank has a little daycare thing there that somebody does some at work stuff with them. Some homework, mm -hmm. some activities. Just and, and the parent would give you more. Yes, of course. Of course. They would, the because without that worry, they can focus in the glimpse like, oh me, I'm a child said hungry six thirty. Yeah, exactly, go. exactly. <laughs> you you know it's true, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I understand it, I understand yeah. it overlaying mm -hmm. productivity of everything. But still, I mean, at least there's a human element. You you're taking something Correct. Into consideration. This and then it gives the child an added community because it may not interact with those same kids in its normal it nowadays, day. Yeah. And, and to me, the more opportunity you give people to form communities, um, you go to university, you go to church, that's where you identify from Newton. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? I was to Irish Town Primary School. These are the communities I belong to mm -hmm. no matter where I go. And it gives you a level of pride and... and, and reverence to be able to say that and so Somebody the more you can give the more you can give children the opportunity to have that i met i met a friend that i didn't see in a long time today mm -hmm. um she she's married she has a child 
She's a little younger than me. And she came down with her family. And she hasn't been here for about 14 years. Wow. So I think it is like... Completely different. It is like completely new. And she says, well, she's up there. She lives in Texas. And she says, well, she's up there. She's repping sync. It's nobody rep sync is harder than her. And I say, it's only when y'all go away. All of a sudden, you turn into some kind of patriotic, yeah, some, pa- some fanatic. Because you miss it. You miss I home. And the thing is, you also realize that no matter how much you try to assimilate into the, um, any, any other culture, you are still seen as yeah. alien in some respect. Yeah. It's like, you're exotic. Where are you really from? You know, are you from here? Yeah. You're not from here. You have a slight accent or I realize you cook this way. Yeah. Your food smells different. What's or you up? You think this way. Yeah. You act this way. Where do you act this way? You know, where are you yeah. from? I'm from saying it's, oh, that's in Jamaica. I, in university. <laughs> like, no, this is the flag. <laughs> we used to pick up the phone and say, hi, good evening. All the Americans, okay, good evening. I hung up the phone. What? Because the only time they say good evening is at the end. And so it was only until we had a couple of like, so where you calling me for? We were vexing, where you calling me for? Hello, good evening. Oh, okay, good evening. Like, then we had to I explain cultures. Then we explain cultures. No, darling. In the Caribbean, you say it at the top and you say it at, at the, the end. Yeah, it like, mean. oh, sorry, I thought you were telling me, like, come off your phone and stuff. It's like, no, Like, you're saying it okay. nicely? Like, yeah, like, nicely get off the phone? Yes. Because then the camera people are normally nice. People are like, oh, okay. Because everything, oh, okay. And it's just like the shock and all. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they, when they see you, and they, you well, they, we kind of live up to our cheeriness because we're one of the few that, iris, we, I may not know you, mm-hmm. but I owe you the courtesy of saying the greeting. Yeah. And it would shock the hell out of, I went to school in upstate, shock the bejesus out of them, like, what are they saying? Why are they Good greeting morning. me? Yeah, like I don't know morning? you. You're a stranger. Yeah, like no, it's just a, it's, it's a I, salutation. I had the I culture shock of my life when I went to New York, man. It's because oh, yeah, um, yeah. after a while you're just like, okay, yeah. I, for your own sanity, um, you have yeah, to stop. you just stop. Yeah. You, you cannot. Because people stop. look at you. Yeah, on the subway and they'll be weird, like, like, yeah, like you're the problem. Yeah, yeah, like you're the crazy person to keep saying this. Twenty people are passing you in quick succession, and you say morning, 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 morning. morning, morning. I go, I go to run every morning. <laughs> I try to, not every morning, but it's like a gym I run. And when I go to run, if I could be huffing and puffing. I'm passing somebody, anybody. You could be Indian, Chinese. I, I realize there's a lot of people living in my community. But anyway, you could be Indian, Chinese, Kittitian, anybody, any race, any ethnicity. You could, I don't even know if some of them talk English. Good morning. <sighs> Good morning. And I swear... <laughs> People will look at me like I am crazy. Like, no, I'm not crazy. You are someone on the street. I am telling you good morning because that's what human, that's what what I learned that human beings are supposed to do. I see an old person on the street. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello, sir. It doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. you do as a job. I don't care. You are, sir. If you're a janitor, you are, you are, that's you. Hello, sir. Good evening, sir. Are you well, sir? Mm-hmm. Ma'am, hi, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Good day, madam. How may I help you, madam? Hi, ma'am. That's yeah. that's just how I grew up. That's what my parents taught me. That's when yeah. I went to church. It was brother, brother, so and so, brother. No, you got people calling people with a first name, and it just how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, I understand. I'm not gonna be like you could call me Stephen. Like people say, Mister Smith. Like, uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm a Mister Smith yet. 
Yeah, he told us when the church was like, no, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm sister Clark yet. It's all right. I said, oh, we'll be fine. They'll be like, but no. Sister yeah, Azilla I is have, fine. Um, sister Steve, Steve, Brother Stephen is, is I have um, the same thing, Mr. Sylvester Charles. He was my principal at Arizona Primary. He ran a strict ship at sixth grade because you were transitioning to big school. Terrorized everybody, like really, but a level of uh, fear mixed with a lot of respect because uh-huh. he was never unfair with anything he did. But he, you knew the rules and you knew the consequences. Mm-hmm. I always give a joke that one time he actually had us me go and find a switch to get licks with. There's nothing more traumatizing than that because I can't I take so. licks. I think I bring a little one, but it's Mr. Charles. He can try it where, and if he comes and picks the course, switch, gonna then be, I'm not. I'm not gonna be dead. So you got find a medium. So you got find a medium. So it's like you're you are literally punishing yourself because you know I am not fulfilling my expectation. I have to fulfill his. his. And it's the greatest lesson. Never did anything else after that because I wasn't looking at a switch. And when I came back as a young professional, he'd be like, "Oh, is they gonna call me?" No. Oh no, never, never. You were always Mr. Charles. They, I would never have any cause to call you your first name. It is disrespectful. Yes, it is disrespectful. No, no. It's we're, not same we're not on the same level. We're not. Nope, never, ever. Never, it's ever. Hard-coding. Never, ever, ever. And I will give you that respect point. Like, I will never be on your level. Like, can't be. No. But as soon as you... And, and earlier we were talking about the difference in, in teaching and you wonder if that is it, that um, when, when young persons graduate and come out... Mm-hmm. They don't... It's a balancing act. Because these people just saw you acting a fool in the fifth, fifth in form. In fifth form. And you're coming and back. And you're coming back. Mr. But Bergen. The, uh, <laughs> we must respect the transition. Because even in growing up, it's automatic. When, when, you, when, when a child moves from crawling to walking, it is automatic. Once they stand on those two feet and maneuver it, there's no more going backwards. Yeah. They don't remember what crawling was. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, oh, my child is an upstart. No, he's learned from crawling to walking. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let us apply that same rational to transition. Mm. You, most people, I have a cousin that went to, and the first talk you have with them is that, yes, I'm still, I was the student that you saw acting a fool. Today I'm your teacher. You respect me as a teacher. I'm not your friend. Straight up. Straight up. And that's the boundaries right there. And that's the boundaries right there. Right? So there's no mixing the two. One set who didn't know me call me Miss Clark, the other one. No, there's no Azula. I'm not Azula. I'm Miss Clark. All right? And, but you also have to hold that throughout all things. Mm-hmm. Because, again, for a small island state, when you probably still a part of a little group with them or do ch- things in church with them, it's a hard thing. But in everything, you have to respect transitions. Mm-hmm. But it has to come with a level of respect. It can't just be. Because if you... Here is where I sympathize most with young people and they say, it has to be a little bit of a two-way street. If you expect me to respect you for the position you hold, you must hold the position in that esteem at all times. Mm. You're, you're, if you're Mr. Bergen, you're Mr. Bergen. Correct. Correct. I, I can't, again, the same way we couldn't reconcile that you beat me but you love me. Mm-hmm. I can't understand you're Mr. Bergen 8, 8.30 to 3.30 and, and then 3.31 3:30, you expect us to be playing dominoes Peter. on this. No, I don't it's understand Peter, stop your stupidness. No, you right. know, Mr. Bergen. Correct. That's the problem. <laughs> no, it's serious. I'm so serious. That's the problem because in, I think... When it comes to certain teachers, they try to be the student's Fine. friend. And they're involved in a way that there's no, there's, no, there's no authority. There's no measure of authority and there's no distinction. So it's like, we're hanging out. Come hang out with me in your personal time. And I'm going to be 
Steve. Right, because that's why you never thought that same lady that made herself available to you in the evenings, you no. never thought to approach her as her first name. Never. She was still never. the to full this name. Day, she Correct. still is. Because she carried herself so in such a way, there was every interaction had the same the same level of respect pace, the and the same Correct. differentiation. Correct. I am not on your as you Correct. said, I am not on your level. No. I will never be no. at your level. So I have to come at you, you that way. You could call me Stephen until the even if I guess you would never call me Stephen if I was the president or something, but but I'm saying you could of call course. me. Maybe she could. She could because you'll always be a teacher. Thing. She's I remember always when you going told to be my teacher. And the thing she ain't even gonna remind me. Yes. You will always be my right. teacher. I remember one time I had a friend, and I'll probably end with this. But um, I remember one time I had a friend. Her uh, um, her mother was a teacher, and I got really close to her. And I used to be over by her mother's house a lot and so. And at no point. At no point. Her name is, I could call her name. Her name is Georgina Green. She was a teacher as well. And at no point could I call her Georgina. At no point. She could call me Stephen for the Like, she was always Miss Green. And even though she was my friend's mother, I still couldn't see her as my friend's mother. The same seniority, you are Mrs. Green. Like, I am in your house. I am here talking to your daughter, we probably playing a game or whatever the case is, but you are my teacher. You're still the teacher that I see in school. There's no differentiation. The same level of respect in her house, even if she's wearing a nighty, you are Mrs. Green. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes, a lot of the times, we, we have breakdowns on that, that, that respect level when teachers are trying to like, be friends. They're trying to be friends. You're not. But there's a. We tell people, we we have that conversation with parents a lot too, because a lot of the breakdown happens at teenagehood, because from thirteen, from on thirteen through to let's say about twenty five, your child is. Ch you are no longer on the pedestal of your child. Oh, the, uh, your your child doesn't have you on the pedestal. On the pedestal because they know. To have a greater understanding of who they are, they now need to ask you the tough questions. Mm. You know, when was your first kiss? Yeah, Did you yeah. get licks in school? Yeah. The uncomfortable things. So if you've not reconciled them with yourself or you tell yourself a different story from what, you, what actually happened, those would be contentions. And the best, the best people to prepare the child for those years is you. And you will see parents, again, it's the value of transition. Mm. When your child begins to transition, the quicker that you respect that transition for what it is, the easier it will be to then do because they no longer idolize you. They are gaining a respect for you as a, a peer, fellow female, yeah. so they could mm. look at you like, oh, so when I was growing up and I see mommy, daddy, quote unquote, leaving mommy and mistreating her, she's stuck around because, you know, nobody tells your story to your children better than John Public. No, so John Public does. don't say, oh, you know, your mother take off in her blues and so I take all bite on shit and so And you finally get to ask her because you're now curious about boys, you're trying to get in relationships, saying, wondering boundaries, say, why do you take, take, keep taking my daddy all them times? You know, one or two explanations. I thought I was doing it for you. I wanted you to have a better life. Or I was stupid enough to think that I was in love. And that, that realism has, has that individual in fact. Oh, so I can either love for a greater responsibility or I can love blind. It's a possibility to love blindly. Mm -hmm. and, but you just have to live with all the consequences on either side. But that is a challenge, man. Because 
that even that simple question that's a difficult question oh, yeah. to admit that you love blindly yeah. who does that yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a different and that's the thing that's a def, that's a level of the introspection that i don't i'm not so sure if people normally do people no. normally they don't think they no. normally do that no like to ask daddy let's flip it daddy Will you continue to bite mommy all them years? Yeah. My God, what kind of question is that? Like, he, he might not even know. <laughs> Wait, is it Axel? No, I actually had that conversation with my dad the other day. Um, because I wanted, I mean, it's, I was, I'm, I'm battling with a situation that I, I know I lack the maturity to see it beyond what it is. Mm. And, I, and my, my dad, during the whole conversation, one of my things, I'm going to put on the Manhattan now and I'm not going to tell you. If a man could get away with being with two and three women, he would. I was like, Daddy, you just told your child to expect infidelity for life. <laughs> for life. He said, well, just 10 years a man. I didn't try it too for years. Why? He admitted that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, see, that's that. that. But, then, but again, I've always tested my father that kind of a way. Uh-huh. So that's why he said, I'm going to tell you as the father, don't take no shrubbiness from them. Don't da, 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 da. But as a man, if we could get away with dating two and three women at the same time, just, we would. You know, because I could tell you, I've been through it. <laughs> and I was like... Those are mixed messages, man. Very much so, but it's the realest thing he ever told me because it doesn't make any rational sense. Why? I mean, then for the rest of the evening, I was there pondering, what about it? You know, is it... Is it because of our slave history? Once they broke down yeah. the lines between family and person, infidelity and made them just was normal. That infidelity just became normal, but and and because they moved away, because the entire community moved away so far, some were able to have corrective action. Some continued with it, and no matter how much the two interact with each other at any other point, it, it still becomes was, a thing because yeah. you don't know who to choose that will be a wife. But then one day snap and say, "No, this is enough." I've done enough. I've been enough. Because the strangest thing, when I look at my family, all of the men are married now after being generational wifers. None of my female aunts, none of my, how many female aunts? I've done my aunt is female. Mm-hmm. None of the female children, such as my aunts, are married. And I, and I keep wondering, is it that because we, from a gender socialization, we've always raised women to believe that there's a good in a man. Just stick around a little bit, no? But let a man get a bite. He loses his entire mind and dumps stuff with it. So it's like, so they always have much more opportunities for redemption than a woman would. So it's like, that's just my initial preliminary thoughts is after my father dropped the bombshell that somehow I'm supposed to expect men to have, want to have two or three persons at a time. Mr. Zilla Clark, listen, that, (laughs) <laughs> I think that just bounced my mind to a different space. So all the wifers are married. All the wifers are married. Happily now, I don't tell them nothing else now. They admit to it in the kiki in days like, boy, we didn't really bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> we get a one at family gatherings, boy, we didn't really bad enough. Boy, yeah, we but but the, yeah, otherwise not. But then Upstanding forgiveness, forgiveness, yeah. forgiveness. Upstanding citizens now. But then the woman is supposed to wait until the man is ready. Yep. And, and all of their sisters and stuff who bore all of their bad karma are not God, married. That is awful. I know. I tell them so. And but what the thing is, I'm gonna look at my I'm gonna look at my family tree to each generation. Because I warned my brother, I was like, you do know you have a sister. All of the karma, all of the stupid things that you've done to girls in your years, it's going to come back to either he, I have an older one, myself, and I have about f- three younger ones. 
I said, you are going to wreak havoc on all of us? He laughed. That ain't true. That ain't true. Oh, you got your own life. Right. So I have to, I have to, it's, it's an analysis to look at. It is interesting. Person, so. It is it is incredibly interesting because think, it makes... And I think makes, a person spend more time, even within their family tree, even within their family tree. I always advocate as a social worker, your genogram is the most important thing. And not just for disease and understanding who is, but understanding relationships. Like So now I could take from it, the men in my family have a propensity for wifeerism. Mm. Passed down. So I know when I have my son, it has to be, I have to pay particular attention. To him. <laughs> to him in that regard. But then, but then, okay. But then the thing is, it might not be gene-oriented. It Correct. might just be that he yeah. sees examples Correct. from... Right. And because we are, we are making a conscious effort as a family to get together more, he's going to be able to see it. There's no negative ne- consequences to being a wife in, in our culture. No. If you look at... For a guy. No. Correct. As a woman... Oh my oh, God! Yeah. You you standard, could be yeah. you could be you could be yeah. tattered, yeah. feathered, yeah. and as as strong quartered. as you think, as strong as you think you are to withstand it, I imagine in your quiet time it must. Be of a course, it's going thing. to it's going to affect you. But as yeah. a man, oh yeah, man, we growing up even. He's a wife. <laughs> I remember when I was going to school. That's what that's where the car. Wait, yeah. wait. I I don't even think it was true. But yo, my stay my wife, a boy. You got them girls going crazy. And it's like, it's a term of admiration. Yes. It's literally yes. one of the best things Correct. a guy could tell a guy. Correct. They use a wife or you have multiple women yeah. or have had or still have yeah. multiple relationships ongoing, perpetuating a yeah. level of polygamy that n- some of them don't even know you, you're, in- yeah. you, 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 you're into. No. So you have one girl, she thinks you're monogamous and you're serially yeah. monogamous and you just have them at the same time. Yeah. I'm yeah. monogamous, but I'm monogamous at the same time with multiple people. Correct. It's and that um, my and father still get always, married. yeah, my father always <laughs> jokes that um, language. There's nothing like the use of language to explain things, because he's always amazed at the current vernacular used to explain somebody. He was just a wifer. He just knew he had them in multiple. Now the vernacular has become so nice that they call him. In. You know, I'm just a polygamist. I'm non-committal. <laughs> I'm non-committal. I'm exploring my options. I'm exploring my options. I'm living my yes. life. I'm, yes. I'm having. I'm, yeah, I'm not my, making any promises not to any exact, one person. I have, it's complicated. Yes. It's complicated. Yes. I, and Facebook makes that a relationship. It makes it a thing. Yeah. It's very complicated yeah. because you're complicated. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's acceptable yeah. now, and it, it, I think it's spilling over. Eventually, it's going to become. I think maybe it's going to take longer to happen in our culture, but I'm not for sure in other cultures. Um, women having multiple partners, especially if it's not something public, is understood. For example, the other day I had a conversation with a, a colleague, and he was saying that you know when. <laughs> When Caucasian women go to college, oh yeah, they yeah. go to college. Yeah, nothing is it's, spoken of it afterwards. It's not. It's not it's, addressed. It's described as their period of exploration. Their period of exploration and finding themselves. Yes. Yes. I don't know if that. I, I don't want to say courtesy, but if that same adoration acceptance is 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 thrown onto any other ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I'm just saying, it's understood. She went to college. She went to college in a different place. 
It might be an interesting study for like the University of the West Indies. When our students go down there, are they able to truly explore? Or are the same cultural norms back in your head? Like, let me not, you know, because the culture across the Caribbean is the same. Yeah, it's similar. When you go down there and you have multiple partners, they're going to still call you the same colloquialism. They're call you right. But it's so small, it may follow you. Does it? Possibly. When, when, I was, when I was in school in upstate New York, the people from Texas, but they ain't going to follow you. So you can literally go back while in New York, go back home, put on your, put on your non-uniform and be like, good. And you're non? But because of, the, because of the fluidity of the Caribbean, you will always meet somebody who went to school with you. Uh, I see what you're saying. So, you know, and they, they look at you. Even if they walk their classes, there's some you and you're both CEOs. They'll be like, oh. I remember her in university, boy. That is terrible. That is terrible. And depending if the person did not like you. Yeah, it's even worse. It's not not an internal thought. It's the person that's, girl, I knew her in university. She was wild. And she was buckwild. She had this, this, this. The trains. Right. So, but again, it's the expert. But the the question to be asked is, when, what in our culture is allowed for self-exploration? I'm not sure. We don't have any. We don't have. We don't have any ritual or tenant that does it. I mean, in 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 Pan African culture, you go out into the wilderness and you spend time with this. The Aborigines go on your walkabout. Mm-hmm. We don't have these things. There's no right to passage. There's here, no. There's no right of passages here. So those would be some interesting things to perhaps explore. That you know, you spend you spend a summer at a yoga camp and you just do inflections and so just because it would be interesting when you. I always encourage it, for, especially when they transition from primary to secondary school, that you look at yourself and you say, who am I going into a secondary school? Mm. Because that's when m- most of the biological changes happen yes, to you. Yes. And with the, with the increased hormones, the other development stages accelerate but, beyond that. But is, is that even a good, a good point to, to do that introspection? Because I mean... No, no, it's, some... setting the, it's setting the baseline. Uh-huh, okay. So to ask yourself, who am I? What do I value? Mm-hmm. Because that will play into your practices throughout. That you prioritize school over friends. Da, 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 da. Are you with your clique from, from preschool, preschool and primary school? Are you open to exploring new friendships? Mm-hmm. Because it's the melting pot now. And every now and again, if you can have... I mean, I'm, I'm a vision board kind of a person. Uh-huh. So if every now and again you could have your child just put it up mm-hmm. and refer back to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it encourages them to do that. And it also makes for really good conversation. Of course, of course. How are to you? To be able to build those blocks. Mm-hmm. How are you seeing yourself change? So again, because remember, unlike developing from a crawling to a walking baby, the development in adolescence run tangentially. So there's no big marker. I mean, unless your child acts out, you don't actually know when they stop associating one group of friends and Do open another. another. Mm. There's no big physical change that happens. All right? Um, so so it, you it, could, by third form, you could have a completely different child. And if you weren't talking and making a concerted effort, you would never know. They will be having their, their um, sweet 16 and you're like, none, none of these people, I didn't know from when you're the, yeah, because they've already changed their circles. They've already changed their complete circles. Azilla Clark, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I really, really appreciate you being here. Like, I learned, and I think my brain, I have to actually listen this episode. 
Like the whole thing. And the reason I have to listen because there were certain points when like my brain was like, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. And it's like so much thoughts. Like I could only express one in any instance, but I'm pretty sure I have other thoughts, even in like complete contrariness to the first thought. Thank you so much, Azela. You are most welcome. It's been long overdue. It is. It has. And I was like, yes. And I like the fact that even though we had a topic, we allowed it to flow because it should just be a conversation. It is. It is. I look forward to having many, many more. Oh, man. I don't don't know what I'm going to bring you back for. But, you know. (laughs) Um, Guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. I had Azilla Clark here who just expresses that she's a social worker because she wears many, many hats, guys. I mean, if we had to, I think we'd be here all day. Um, but again, you've been listening Objectively Incorrect. That's incorrect spell I-N-C-O-W-R-E-C-K-E-D. We spell it incorrectly. You can check us out on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes and Podbean. Right? So, guys, thank you so much for listening. As usual, peace. No gang signs. Everybody loves you.